This is Taylor Talk, the number one Taylor Swift podcast brought to you by taylortalk.org. Ho, ho, ho. We welcome you all here for this very awesome Swiftmas episode featuring some guests you may remember from past years as well as some new guests we brought in brand new for Swiftmas 2014. Taylor Talk has listeners from all over the world and from every culture. There are those who celebrate Christmas, some Hanukkah, some are even atheists who celebrate nothing. But Swiftmas is something we can all enjoy together. It's a time of year when our fan community comes together to exchange cards and gifts with one another, because Swifties are that dang awesome. Without further ado, Taylor Talk Swiftmas episode for 2014. All right, thank you for that awesome intro, Santa. Welcome, everybody, to episode 165 of Taylor Talk, the Taylor Swift podcast. My name is Adam. I'm Diane. I'm Sammy. I'm Steve. And Santa. And Twinkle. And Russell. And Hermie. Hey, guys, welcome back to the show. Glad to have Santa and the elves here. They're going to be, they might pop in and out occasionally from this episode. But uh, we got a few things in our normal lineup, our normal schedule to get through. So, Sammy, can you please share with us what's been going on in the Taylor Swift news lately? So, um, the opening line of Brian Mansfield USA Today article, which names 1989 as album of the year, was albums still matter if if you're Taylor Swift and her fans. The article discusses 1989's unique sound as well as its unprecedented sales in sales this year 1989 has sold more copies than the combined total sales of the three biggest releases from sam smith eric church and coldplay you can check out the article in our episode guide at taylortalk.org slash episode 165 um and barbara walters interviewed taylor as part of her 10 most fascinating people segment in the interview taylor discussed her move from country to pop the sexism in the music industry when it comes to songwriting and what keeps her grounded and the Grammys released a promo featuring a head-banging guy in a train station listening to Taylor's Grammy performance of All Too Well. You can check it out in the show notes at taylortalk.org, episode 165. That video is actually really funny. Yeah, that's yeah awesome. it is super funny. I posted it a couple it's, weeks it's ago. It's proof that guys dying. can hair flip. <laughs> I know we've discussed that before, so it was good to see that you know the guys that have a little bit longer hair, like myself, we can hair flip. <laughs> this guy had really long well, he hair, did. though. <laughs> he, he did have long hair. But I just think it was funny because that was like the. Remember when Taylor did all too well at the Grammys last year and everyone was like, oh, that was really good. But hang on, we got to find something to criticize Taylor for. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, oh, Excessive oh, she's flipping. flipping her head back and forth. Wow, Taylor, you're weird. Why do you do that? <laughs> <laughs> That's all they could find to criticize Taylor on. So I thought that was funny that they actually made that their promo video for the following year. So. Yeah, me too. Thank you for the news, Sammy. As she mentioned, those uh, YouTube videos and a link to Brian Mansfield's article are going to be at taylortalk.org slash episode 165. Diane, what's coming up on Taylor's calendar? Well, on December 31st, Taylor Swift will perform at the New Year's Rockin' Eve with Ryan Seacrest. On January 7th is the People's Choice Awards. Taylor is nominated for Favorite Female Artist, Favorite Pop Artist, and Favorite Song for Shake It Off. 
On February 8th is the 57th Annual Grammy Awards. Taylor Swift is nominated for Record of the Year, Song of the Year, and Best Pop Performance for Shake It Off. And then on February 25th, Taylor Swift will perform at the Brit Awards 2015. I hope everybody caught all that. That's a lot, a of, lot of stuff. A lot, lot, lot of stuff going on on Taylor's calendar, as there always is. Um, great thing about podcasting, though, you can pause and rewind. So <laughs> if you missed any of that, write it on your calendar. Be sure to tune into whatever's on TV, and if not, catch it online later. Thank you for the calendar, Diane. You're Appreciate welcome. it. You're welcome. Sorry, I was making fun of you. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. I was teasing, not <laughs> making fun of. Teasing. So there's a difference. <laughs> for our main discussion this episode, we're going to be doing something we've never, ever done before. We're going to be taking you through a story, a brand new story called A Swift Miss Carol. It's the story of Scrooge, an evil music executive who doubted that Taylor could ever become what she has become and what she will become. So let's jump straight into that story now. It's a few days before Swiftmas, and Scrooge, the evil music executive, was just sitting down in front of the fireplace to read a story about Taylor Swift. Why is Taylor Swift on all the covers of these magazines and newspapers? This is ridiculous. You know, everybody says such great things of her, but she cannot build a career for herself. No one can. Hello there, darling. My name is Marjorie Finley, the ghost of Swiftmas past. My grandbaby is Taylor Swift, and I've been watching her. I'm so proud of all she's accomplished. You take care now, darling. What has she ever accomplished, though? Okay, got time out with this story. What is, what is Scrooge talking about? What has she ever accomplished? Like, really? Uh, the last three albums that went platinum in the first week? Clearly, All he's her never Grammys, read a Taylor awards. article before. <laughs> Sorry, Sammy, I didn't hear you. I said, clearly, he's never read a Taylor article before. <laughs> well, he's supposedly sitting around the fire reading a Taylor article right now. I mean, well, as long as we're, as long as, um, <laughs> that's kind of funny. I like this story, how it made Taylor's grandmother uh, the ghost of Swiftness past. Good story. So, do you guys have any favorite accomplishments from Taylor's past, as long as we're sitting here in the past? I mean, I feel like for me, it's... Something that she did a long, long time ago when she was once upon little, a time. Once upon a time when <laughs> um, I think she was what she was like, um, she was like um twelve years old and she went to Nashville with her mom and just was like, "Hey, I'm Taylor. This is my CD." Like I think that's so oh, brave she was walking into the of someone so out. young to just be so confident in themselves. You yes, know? Scrooge. Like. <sighs> I could have never done that at 12. I don't think I could do that now. And, like, that's just crazy. That's, I don't know. I think that's awesome. Do you get, Sammy and Steve, did you have anything that you um, really appreciate from I her past? one of my favorite accomplishments, and it's not really an accomplishment, but the fact that she was signed for a writing deal with Sony, and rather than continuing it and just, you know, accepting that she's going to be writing music for other people she felt like she deserved better and she decided not to sign her resign her contract and you know opted to go with this no-name guy scott bruschetta and trust hey, he him. wasn't entirely a no-name well you know <laughs> he, I mean, was, he was seemingly right. no name um and trust him and you know she you know and, and trust him with her music and that he wouldn't you know 
rip her off like some people would or you know steal her music or anything like that and you know they work together and has anybody counted how many times sammy has said you know (laughs) (laughs) you know i lost count after a while (laughs) i hate you guys you're so mean to me hey if i don't call you out who will it's all out of love Well, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so you know, Sammy's favorite moment is uh, Taylor. You know, kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Okay, Adam, wow. stop okay, it. I'm done. I'm done. I'm sorry, Sammy. I apologize. Okay. I'm okay. Don't worry about it, guys. I'm fine. What did she just say? <laughs> she was talking about um, meeting Scott. Um, Borchetta. Borchetta, and how like it's just I don't know. It was a great, really big. Um, Mostly just the fact. Took. Yeah, mostly just the fact that she, instead of continuing with her Sony contract, that she believed in her music so strongly that she wasn't going to continue with them and giving other people her music. Yeah. At That's a, no, that is a good. You know, the moment I appreciate most in her past, and I've told this story before, was the time she was in Nashville driving. This was years ago. And there was a little girl in her Fearless Tour shirt walking down the street into a store and Taylor U-turned and followed her in there and is like, Hey, I just wanted to come meet you because that's the story. That's the story that actually made me a fan of Taylor Swift. That's why I appreciate that part of her past so much is when I discovered what an amazing person she is beyond her music and beyond her career. She's just a wonderful person. I would have to agree with that. Um, what, what I would say for an accomplishment would be the fact that she's had three albums that have sold more than a million copies in the debut week. And no one else has even come close to that. You know, you have some artists that have got a million sales in a single week in sync, Eminem, Backstreet Boys, Britney Spears. But if you take the top 15 people that sold a million albums in a single week, Taylor has three of those. Yeah. No, that's mm-hmm. unprecedented. No one else has even come close. Lady Gaga, Garth Brooks, Limp Bizkit. I mean, it's crazy. The the Backstreet Boys are probably they're they're they have two on the list, mm-hmm. but for three for a single person, amazing. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. It sure is. So Scrooge, he cray cray. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what he's talking about. I don't know. Let, let's keep going with the story and see where where Scrooge is going with this because I I don't understand. With the ghost of Swiftmas past showing Scrooge all that Taylor has managed to accomplish in her past, he was left scratching his head, trying to figure out another argument against her. She's the ambassador of New York City? What? Now that now she actually thinks that she can go from country music to pop music? Nobody can accomplish that. Garth Brooks tried that and he failed miserably. How in the world can this be that she thinks that she can go pop? Meow! Meredith here, the ghost of Swissmas present, Taylor's favorite cat. I was too much of a diva to be in the blank space video. If you were wondering, my mom says I'm strong-willed. Well, that's one way of putting it. We're supposed to talk about the 1989 era, the one that Olivia is fawning to be a part of. (laughs) Have fun, kittens! 
<laughs> this is a good part of the story. I like this one. Oh, wow, Meredith was intense. Meredith wow. has some sass to her, huh? Yeah. She, All right. She's a, she's a fun little kitten. <laughs> All right. So Meredith, I guess, is trying to show Scrooge that, what, Taylor can switch from country to pop successfully? I think yeah. she was mostly just talking about herself. But I think <laughs> that was kind of the point. <laughs> Well, I, I suppose the ghost of Swiftness present is supposed to be talking about um, Taylor's switch, her transition from country to pop, which is phenomenal. So we are here at a point with a brand new era in Taylor's career, and it's 1989. And, well, not it's actually 2014, almost But the album is 1989. But we're in the era. 1989 era, and Taylor did successfully do it, and I mean, as Scrooge pointed out, other people in the past have tried and failed miserably, I believe he said. So what is your favorite accomplishment of the 1989 era thus far? Um, I think for me that, oh, I just did the Taylor thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, you um, did. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, that was not intentional. Um, you know, Taylor wanted, was out to prove that her fans and music fans um, are want to pay for music, and but they're only going to pay for music that they like. And on the same side of that, that you know Taylor is very supportive of her fans, and I think a big part of her showing this was you know her liking Instagram photos, her following fans on Tumblr, and most recently her sending packages to fans in the mail. Yeah, she's doing a lot of new things with her fan engagement, which I think is really cool. Part of this era. Um, you know, and I, I think that definitely counters Scrooge's point anyway about her just not being able to successfully make a switch and change things in her career because she can continue to change things in her career and do it successfully. Yeah, and her fans are going to follow her and not to the only ends her of fans, the earth but, and beyond. Yes, but not only her fans, but, you know, new people that are coming in that are like, oh, I like pop music. Who is this Taylor Swift? I thought she was country. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, um, I think the reason that she's been so successful is because her fans like her so much that they'll just, you know, they'll stay loyal to her no matter what she chooses to do. Well, not to mention 1989 is a phenomenally written album. (laughs) Right. Uh, But I think the most obvious part of, of Christmas Present, to counter Scrooge's point, is her pop album outsold her not albums true yes well, yeah um, but she's you know but she's moved up that because i think speak now sold one million the first week and then red sold what like 1.2 or something correct yeah and this sold yeah. 1. 1.287 or yeah, something yeah. so, so she's just 1.3. So going it, up the scale there yeah it keeps going up but this album was predicted to be the first one that dropped right uh, you know because of the a combination of because of the condition in the record industry among other factors like it being a total experiment switching to a totally different genre, totally different sound than what her fans in the past were used to. I mean, it could have been very easy for music executives to try and predict like, oh, it's not going to sell nearly as many because she totally changed her sound. So a lot of her old fans, it, it doesn't matter because they'll listen to the demos on on uh, iTunes, the samples, and be like, oh, I don't like this new Taylor Swift. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and a lot of artists have tried that. I remember uh, Guns N' Roses released The Spaghetti Incident, and it was you know, very different than the very successful previous albums that they had. And, 
you know, sometimes you do that and you just run into problems that it just doesn't go over well. And this album went over even better than expected. That's what's great about it. Yeah, it did go over better than expected. And and plus her music, you know, there's always been that question. We've debated that before as people say, oh, well, she's not country, even on her previous albums, where you could see a continual increase of pop. And, you know, she could have said, oh, it's still going to be labeled as country, and I have a couple of songs that have, you know, the fiddle in it and, you know, that kind of stuff. But she was like, you know what? I'm not going to front here. This I want to go totally into pop. And this is going to sound 100% like a pop album. That's all there is to it. And boom. It was great. You know, one of my favorite parts about the 1989 era also is her focus on her friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And not so much on relationships because, you know, essentially Scrooge is a hater. And we have so many of those in our community as well. There's plenty of Scrooges in our community. Not in our community, sorry. In but society. that we know, yeah. In society. Um that are always, always arguing about, like, oh, she only dates guys and then breaks up with them and writes songs about them. It's like, actually, she hasn't dated anyone in a while. And (laughs) right now, that's not her focus at all. She doesn't want to date anyone right now. So I I think, you know, being able to grow and mature as a person is something, as a fan, I can look at her and be very proud of in this era. Yeah, definitely. I agree. I agree. Seeing the difference, so... Um, hopefully Meredith changed Scrooge's perspective on, oh, she can't switch from country to pop, Scrooge. <laughs> <laughs> so let's let's jump back into the story, all right? So there we were. Meredith had shown Scrooge how Taylor's 1989 era marked a successful transition from country to pop. Okay, maybe she was able to get into pop music and make it successful. But that's no way to sustain a career because she's at her peak now. What could she possibly do in the future? Plus, look what she did with streaming. She took her music off of Spotify. I just, I don't understand. She's she's going to be eventually a nobody again. Hey, y'all. This is Kendrick Lamar, the Ghost of Swiftness Future and Taylor's Future BFF. Scrooge, you're crazy. This girl can do it all. She is the future of the music industry. All she's done with streaming, with this whole Spotify thing, she's about to become a cultural icon. Take a look here. I'm going to take you into the future where Taylor gets inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. 25 years from the date of her first record's release. That'll be 2031. That's a 13 backwards, which still totally counts, according to my girl Taylor. All right. So um, I, I don't know if that necessarily will or won't be an accurate prediction. I'm sure she'll be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame someday. But I, I guess when you're writing a story, you just kind of got to go well, with it, actually, right? Well, actually, because it is 2031... And 13 is her lucky number. That's going to happen. Yeah, I <laughs> would go sense. with that, actually. Yeah, that makes sense. That's really cool. <laughs> yeah, so I, I guess we can hope and assume that uh, Kendrick Lamar's prediction will uh, <laughs> be okay. I didn't know he was going to be here. <laughs> Me neither. Yeah, you that didn't was... know. Like, this is the, well, it is the ghost of Swift Miss Future. And, you know, Taylor said she wants that to be her next BFF, so. Yeah. 
Like there that's uh, that would only make sense that he's the uh, ghost of Swiftness future. He's a part of Taylor's future, apparently. <laughs> I'm calling collaboration on 1989's follow up album. 1990. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, that would be rather boring if that happened. But um, anyway, so Taylor does have a huge future in front of her, in my opinion. You know, I, I don't think it's just the ghost of Swiftness future that uh, feels that way, but. You know, what do you guys see coming up in her future? Well, I would have to agree with you, Adam, almost to the point of collaborations. I know that we even discussed that we were thinking that this album that was coming out would be a lot of collaborations, you know, singing songs with other folks and writing. Um, A lot of it's Max Martin and Shellback in this one, but she did bring in some um, new collaborations there just with the songwriting. But I'd love to have her sing with with other artists, too, which would be cool. Me too, didn't it? Um, who was at her apartment the other day? It was like Justin Jay-Z, Timberlake, Justin Beyonce, Timberlake, Beyonce, and Jay-Z. Justin so and I hope all four of them do like some sort of epic song together. That or take over the Can world. Can you imagine? You know? That'd be cool. And Steve, speaking to your point as well with the collaborations, um, you know, it's it's too bad that Kendrick Lamar didn't come out till the future because that would have been a great point for Scrooge on this whole country pop transition thing because – uh, you know, she is appreciated by other genres as well, and she's not officially a member of the hip-hop uh, genre, I suppose. But both of us, it, that she did with, um, why am I drawing a blank, B.O.B., yeah. that's one of my favorite songs, yeah. actually. Mm-hmm. I think that's Very an awesome cool. song. Mm-hmm. So she did do some hip-hop, and, you know, we've talked about certain songs on 1989 that have some hip-hop tendencies, so collaborations would be pretty cool. Maybe in the future. We'll see. In the, well, according to Kendrick. That, that should be a new segment on Taylor Talk. According to Kendrick. But something else I see that's going to be a huge moment in her life. And, I, you know, here's the thing is I don't think it's necessarily a moment as much as it is an evolution. But I definitely foresee her becoming a cultural icon. She's going to be on the same level as michael jackson as the beatles as rolling stones you know, as i think she kind of is um already there but she's e- not done yet though so i think she's gonna i don't know i i'd say she's getting something. there i wouldn't yeah. say she is there she's not I a cultural agree. icon by any means she doesn't have a cirque du soleil show out of her music <laughs> but uh, but not part yet. of that also has to be how an artist ages because part of that comes along with you can't just have someone that is popular now and that's like oh yeah they're classic you know you have to have those couple of years to see if something ages well or if it doesn't and that's the only part that we don't know for sure is in 20 years are people still going to be listening to taylor's 1989 and will it be i'm going to say yes and i'll tell you why tell me why I'm i'm gonna say yes on that and i'll tell you why because one of the things we've always talked about is Taylor, with Taylor is she's writing her own music. And one of the things we've discussed, and Steve, if you remember all the way back on our All Guys episode, my favorite episode to reference, we were talking about how guys can relate to music written from a female perspective. That was one of the ideas we discussed, right? right. And in other episodes, we've discussed how can older people relate to music written by a teenager and things of that sort. And the reason is, is because it does span generations. And she writes in such a way that even if it's not written about your specific situation in life, it can be applied. Mm -hmm. 
So that's why I think she's going to span several generations. And I do think 20, 30 years from now, people are going to be listening to 1989. I mean, people still listen to Taylor Swift. And in another year and a half, that's going to be 10 years old. Mm-hmm. Yeah, isn't that insane? She's yeah. been in this um, industry for 10 years almost. Wow. Well, her she has been in the industry for 10 years. Her first album didn't come out immediately when she jumped into yeah. singing and songwriting. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, nearly 10 years, people are still listening to that. So, I mean, I would argue to say in 20 years, people will also, or sorry, another 10. So it makes it 20 years. Mm-hmm. People still will be. And likewise, 1989 will always be around. And I mean, it's already on vinyl. That makes it pretty close to a Beatles album, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Counts for something. I guess. Um, I think also something that you know is gonna i don't even know how to word it but you know um i was talking about this last night with somebody about how you know taylor wanted to make the switch from pop to country and there's really no saying you know in two years where she might go with genres and in 10 years where she might go with genres because she is so you know versatile in the music that she writes it you know has a little bit of pop it has a little bit of rock has a little bit of rap and hip-hop and r&b and everything in it and i think that that's something about her saying something about her sustaining her career because she isn't a one note she isn't one you know what i'm saying like she's able to do different genres and you know kind of change it from album to album and so that's going to be able to help her with sustain herself is that it's not always going to be the same as the album two years prior does that make next album is going to be hip-hop 100 percent Okay. All of it, every yeah. song. Okay, fine. <laughs> every song. Taylor's gonna be like, I'm like eight foot four blonde. <laughs> okay, Adam. That, that's what it's gonna that? be like. <laughs> copyright infringement. No, 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 no. It's not copyright. I sang it. <laughs> it's someone else's song. It's a cover. Covers are legal. <laughs> if I had played her song on the air, that would be copyright <laughs> point being yes that's exactly how her album is going to be next in the two years it will be you just wait and see i mean she was hanging out with jay-z maybe he's going to produce it for her she was also hanging out with justin timberlake and they're going to make a new in sync album featuring taylor swift justin they timberlake should. does hip-hop now he does sort of that that would be another great collaboration that i'd love to see is justin timberlake and taylor oh my god i would fall sammy over. would cry i would fall over and die <laughs> i think it's gonna happen guys i, I hope they're it taking happens. over I the really... world i'm telling you I... they're all gonna become president of the world i wonder if everybody is overlooking and they were just at her place hanging out <laughs> no people that cool cannot hang out without no i think some that they were mission. jay-z and taylor uh, jay-z and justin were arranging a babysitting deal with her and she's gonna watch blue ivy in the future timberlake child <laughs> oh gosh <laughs> I would, I would prefer a music collaboration instead. <laughs> or one with Haim, too. I mean, they were over there yep, at her were, birthday party. There. or you know, There was a lot of, there was a lot of good people over there. There's a lot of talent there. in Nick there. Jonas? I'm still I waiting Nick for Jonas the... Was there. Oh, my God. That would be awesome. A Nick Jonas collaboration? Yeah. Yeah. I was a big fan of that song, that Santa Barbara song. 
I I don't know. I, I like actually them. like Nick Jonas's music. It, it yeah, came on the radio one time, and I'm like, "What is this?" I'm like, like "This is I good," like and I'm like, "Oh, guess I'm a I'm, I'm a Nick Jonas fan now." I guess. Yeah. Uh, okay. I will okay. always be a Nick Jonas fan. No, Stop his it. new album Stop is it. actually Stop really it. good. Stop it! Stop it! She's not collaborating with Nick Jonas. That'd be great. <laughs> but, but but what about this whole streaming thing? What what's you know, I I, th- I think the point of it is Taylor pulled her music off there because I had to try to explain this to someone the other day. They're like, Why did she take her music off of Spotify? Doesn't she make enough money? It's like, no, it's not the that's not the point. Her point is actually especially for up and coming artists to say this model is broken because the artists are not getting a large enough portion of money from having their songs played i mean they're getting part of a cent sometimes for each stream that plays so it's you know that needs to be reevaluated. and she was i mean she's the biggest name in music right now she's the only one that was able to make a statement like that Mm -hmm. and have it actually start a conversation well here's one of the things steve i am oddly suspicious about the future of streaming and the future of the music industry and Taylor's impact on that. And I'll tell you why there's a lot of dots that I connected recently. So she pulls her music from Spotify, right? Mm-hmm. Shortly thereafter, I see something from Maddie and Tay tweeting about stream our music on, um, whatever beats does their, their streaming service. Okay. Beat streaming service. Right. Scott Borchetta also tweeted something about checking out Maddie and Tay or Big Machine Artists, something something to that effect on um, Beats. So I'm like, what is going on that they pull from Spotify and then all of a sudden um, they're promoting Beats streaming service? Like actively promoting. It wasn't like a subtle like, oh, this is where you can find it, but you can also find it here, here, and here. It's like, go listen to my music on Beats streaming service, whatever it's called. But mm-hmm. is... is um. Is um t- is Taylor's music on this streaming service or no? I haven't looked into that. I haven't gotten that far yet. But okay, because that would be Beats, something to look into. Beats, as we know, was recently purchased by Apple. Mm-hmm. Apple revolutionized the music industry initially when they came out with iTunes. They took it from CDs into the digital age of buying single singles and individual tracks and things of that sort. So, if Big Machine has some sort of association with apple slash beats and taylor is part of big machine she is their figurehead more or less she's their biggest artist on the label what is her involvement going to be and where are they going with this well that's that's, that's a, a good, good question, question because uh, food for thought well garth brooks for instance his newest album that he just released now that he's kind of back in the swing of things um, he only released it on a service called ghost tunes which up until that point i had never even heard of i haven't heard of that either yeah, I haven't either. So, you know, maybe that's that's part of it here is, you know, they're focusing in on a certain streaming, you know, and that would kind of make sense, you know, because there is a lot of, let's just think about streaming in general, uh, like video streaming, for instance, there's Netflix, there's Hulu, and, you know, you have all that, those different services out there that they can all coexist. But as it stands now, all those services seem to have almost all the artists on them. But now maybe that's what you'll be seeing in the future is that the streaming services, oh, well, if it's something from Big Machine, you get that from Beats Music Streaming. And that's the only 
one that they have a, a deal so with. So you're thinking that po- the potential future is that artists distribute exclusively through one streaming service. Correct. And they all coexist. It just depends on, you know, where you're going for what you want to listen to. I mean, they're... I don't know if that'll be the way to go, though, Steve, because that would create a negative impact for the end listener because then we would have to be subscribed to all these different services. Yeah, but look at it now. Google Play, uh, Amazon Music, iTunes... I mean, there's three major players in just, you know, and that's music they're actually purchasing. That's not the streaming one. That, but it's well, the same iTunes sort of Well, iTunes Radio for streaming. Right. But Which I think iTunes you'll... Radio for streaming, I think, is going to be the future, Steve. But uh, you had a thought you were finishing. I'll well, tell you well that I think you also have to look. Streaming has really two different models. There is the radio version, and then there is the... Uh, where you're playing the songs that you want to play. You know, the, the radio version is is good because it introduces you to new music, um, you know, kind of builds automatic playlists, if you will. Some people hate making playlists where, uh, you know, Pandora falls in that category too, where you choose an artist and it builds a, a radio station that is playing songs from that artist and other similar artists. But the other part of the streaming model is the ones of Spotify and RDO and uh, Beats where you can actually say, I want to listen to this song, this artist, this album, and you can do that. And I think that's where you'll see that you're going to have to go to specific streaming services to get exactly the artist you want because they're in a certain model that they're, you know, making the money that they need to. A lot of the the issue with Spotify is that the artists aren't being compensated enough. Well, Steve. Sorry. Oh, I, I was just going to say something interesting with iTunes and why I think Taylor will like it is do you remember in a recent interview when she mentioned how iTunes is one way that she uses to find out about new artists because it, mm-hmm. it suggests them? True. Mm-hmm. Okay, so iTunes Radio, if, if you don't know how it works, the way you use it, you can pick and, and you can create your own station like Taylor Swift Radio. And iTunes will do just that. It'll play Taylor Swift along with artists that it thinks you might like based on you liking Taylor Swift. Mm -hmm. But there is not that service like Spotify has where you can create your own playlist type deal. Instead, what it does is you're allowed so many skips. You don't get to choose what you're listening to. You get so many skips if you don't like a song. But it gives you the option right built in to buy the song if you do like it. So that can still compensate the artists in the way they have been since iTunes debuted, which is buying the individual song. I'm wondering if the Beats music must compensate them differently because I just went on to Beats. And Taylor is on Beats up into 1989. Taylor Swift, Fearless, Fearless Platinum, Taylor Swift Platinum, Speak Now. So she's all on there then, right? Except for 1989 is on there. Okay. And that's been stated in the past by Scott Borchetta that normally when they release a new album, they don't put the album out on the streaming services until a certain, you know, like six months or something like yeah, that. Yeah, so the I think it's, I think released, it's so. safe to say that it will eventually be on Beats. So I'm wondering if they must get compensated differently on Beats, maybe because she's a big machine artist, maybe because that's just they're able to compensate well, them differently. I don't well, know. Well, the, the record labels are the ones that are negotiating with the streaming services, so... You know, it depends on what they negotiate the price. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be this much for song or, um, you know, these artists 
are in a different category, they actually, their streams are more valuable or it, it depends on how that's set up. But I see that's where it's probably going is before it was a smorgasbord, you could listen to pretty much everything on all the same uh, streaming services. But now I think you'll see them kind of push to individual. This streaming service has these artists, these record labels, etc. Yeah. I mean, I think it's interesting that like, you know, at the American Country Countdown Awards the other day, Scott wore a suit that, you know, people didn't really like. And it said that, um, it said on the suit, it said music has value. Um, and, you know, I just think it's interesting that, you know, Taylor has made this statement about Spotify. She's pulled her music from Spotify. Other other big musicians have done the same. Um, and, you know, yet she is on, on beats. So I'm, I'm wondering if, you know, you know, like we said, if they, they have a, a better deal for her and for other big machine artists or just artists in general on Beats as opposed to on Spotify or if they will eventually pull her from Beats also. I don't know, because like I said, it seems to have it seems that like big machine has some sort of alliance with them. But yeah, um, but really, if- like, I don't want to I, I don't want to get too far into the streaming thing as a business, because we're here to talk about Taylor's future and. I really, think that this has a lot to do with Taylor's future. It, it does, but that's why I want to get into what is the impact that Taylor is going to create on this. And I think the answer to that is simple. I think she is just a leader in the community. And, you know, Taylor mentioned in an interview recently, she talked about, you know, people in the industry actually thanking her for pulling from Spotify and... She's like, I didn't think it was even a big deal, which I, uh, I think it's a big deal. <laughs> I, I, I don't Everybody think, I don't think, I, I think she, it's fair to say maybe she didn't know how big a deal it would become, yeah, I would agree. but yeah. she can't claim like, I didn't think any, nobody would, or I didn't think anyone was going to talk about it. <laughs> Anything you do, Taylor, people talk about, <laughs> just, just throwing that out there. Oh, that's true. That's very true. So, um. Should we see how the uh, story ended with Scrooge and the ghost of Swift Miss Future? Yeah. I will. Sure. Uh, yeah, sure. So, Scrooge, you see what an impact this girl has had on the world. Has that changed your mind on Taylor Swift? You know, I just was reading on the surface of this girl. She actually is amazing. And I thank you for enlightening me to everything that is so great about her. And I'm going to go out and buy her album right now and listen to it. And so Scrooge's heart grew three si- Oh, wait, wrong story. <laughs> and so the hater no longer hated, 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 hated. And Scrooge became a fellow Swifty. That was a good story. The end. Yay! Yay! That was a good story, guys. I liked mm-hmm. it. Me too. I like that. Um, I like that Kendrick Lamar ghost. My <laughs> best. That's that's he was my favorite. <laughs> really? I, I thought Scrooge was pretty good. Oh yeah. Well, Scrooge did prove that the haters can become lovers. This I think true. that if you guys don't like Meredith best, she's gonna come and kill you in the middle of her sleep. I thought Uh-oh. she was really funny. I was dying <laughs> that, laughing through that whole thing. Just... That, that that's a ghost that would scare me to death. I'll tell you that. Womp womp womp. All right. Well, I hope everybody enjoyed the story. If you're if this is the first episode you've ever listened to, just so you know, they're not all as loony as this. Uh, quite often we get serious and talk about Taylor. 
Mm-hmm. What if they like the loony? Yeah. If you love the loony, Let it'll be know. back next year. Sometimes we have loony bits. <laughs> it'll looney be back tunes. again someday. <laughs> well, you know what? Don't worry. The crazy's not done yet. We still have a few more segments before we finish up. So let's bring back the uh, the elves and Santa. Let's get them back in the suit. Hey, Santa! Elves, get in here. We need your help. What's up, guys? Well, Santa, we have um, some mini segments to do. Would you guys mind uh, reading them for us? Well, of course. Twinkle? Okay. You know you're sifty when you take an apple out of your bag and it smells like the Incredible Things perfume because you have a sample of it in your school bag. This actually happened to me. I was like, who is wearing her perfume? And no one was. And then I took a bite out of the apple and I was like, oh. <laughs> wow. It's from Scarlet via email. Scarlet, that's pretty funny. Uh, that's really funny. <laughs> I hope Incredible Things is not toxic if it was all over your apple. I'm sure she's fine. <laughs> Hermie. Isn't Hermie here? Hermie. Oh, hello, hello. <laughs> you know you're Swifty when... Your phone displays 1313 and you start screaming, it's 1313, make a wish. And that came from Gemma via Facebook. Oh, well, Gemma, I have my phone on 24 hour time also, by the way. So I get 1313. In case you guys are wondering, that's actually 113 in the uh, afternoon. Oh, you fancy people. (laughs) It's not that fancy. It's just easier to tell time that way when you don't have the same time repeating itself every 12 hours. I think it's really confusing, but okay. All right, whatever. (laughs) You know you're a Swifty when you put your iPhone on shuffle and the first five songs it plays come from each album starting with Taylor Swift and going through 1989 in order. That's from Evan via text message. Well, you know what? I have more or less all Taylor Swift on my iPod as well. But what are the odds of it doing five songs and going in order of all five albums? That's That's pretty cool. It's like it knows. It knows. You know you're a Swifty when you have so many Taylor posters on your wall, they start going on to the ceiling. <laughs> That's cool. Well, I know what you don't need for Christmas this year. Ho, 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 ho. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. Actually, I figured Santa could get um, them some more ceiling. <laughs> oh, yes. clever, Steve. Yes. <laughs> Santa, what do you think? Well... Maybe. <laughs> okay, you know you're a Swifty when you convert all your friends from haters to fans by playing Taylor continuously. That's from Jillian via Facebook. <laughs> that sounds like what we just did with this. Yeah, whole pretty much. Wait, that, that's story. one way to change Scrooge. Yeah. <laughs> Scrooge, the evil music executive. Yeah. I, I guess when you can't have ghosts show up, the best thing you can do is just play Taylor's music all all the time. That'll work too. <laughs> you know you're a Swifty. When your best friend travels a long time from home to go to a Taylor concert with you. That was from Adriana via Facebook. Aw, that's a nice friend. That is a good friend. Those are the friends to keep around. Yeah, for sure. Sounds like fun. So thank you, Santa and the Elves, for reading those. We appreciate it. Remember, guys, keep them coming for future episodes. You know your Swifty when or if Swifties rule the world. All you got to do is finish that line, send it in to us, and we can read it on the show. It'll be a whole lot of fun. Or you can leave us a voicemail. Wink, wink. 
<laughs> then you can hear your own voice on the show right alongside ours. <laughs> and speaking of voicemails, one last segment before we go. What are Swifties listening to? We have a voicemail from Aitana. That's a pretty name. Yeah. I hope I pronounced that correctly. I know you're about to say it in the voicemail, and I'm going to feel like a dummy if you say it, and then I butchered it. But anyway, here's the voicemail. Hey, Taylor Talk. I'm Aitana, and I've been a Swiftie since the Fearless era. And I love your podcast, and I want to submit to the What Are Swifties Listening To mini-segment. And lately, I've been loving the song King by Lauren Aquilina, and I just found it on iTunes Radio about a week ago, and I love this song. Um, love you guys so much. Thanks. Bye. Oh, uh, thanks for the voicemail. Um, have you guys heard this song? I have I, not. I am... Listen to it, and it's pretty much my life. So it's go listen. It's- <laughs> oh no, I need to YouTube this now. <laughs> Sammy's YouTubing currently. Um, but like for me, because it's a, a slower song, and people know how I feel about slow songs. I'm not a big fan of slow songs. I, I don't know necessarily about the song, but this Lauren Aquilina like seems like really cool. Something I admire about her. She's a singer songwriter from England. And she started when she was 13 on YouTube. So it, it's sort of like reminiscent of Taylor, like a little 13-year-old. Um, obviously, Taylor wasn't. I don't think she was on YouTube at 13. Was, was YouTube even around? No, YouTube didn't exist. She had a MySpace. Yeah. Yeah, but she was still young and on social media building her fan base. So it's very reminiscent of how Taylor started in the sense the same age range, about 13 years old there, building a fan base on YouTube. And this Lauren Aquilina built one up and now she's, you know, up on iTunes. She's got some music available. So if you're curious, definitely check out King by Lauren Aquilina. Diane likes it. I like it. <laughs> all righty. So thank you to all of our special guests for joining us. Santa, his elves. Um, we had, who else? We had all our ghosts. We had Scrooge here on the show. We did a big cast. Yeah, we yes. did big cast this episode so hope everybody enjoyed it and doesn't think we're too nuts for doing this (laughs) it was a lot of fun to record for you guys uh remember just the normal reminders go follow us on twitter at taylortalk13 if you want to reach out to us taylortalk.org slash contact is the place where you can find all our contact methods and as always if you enjoyed the show leave us a uh, review there on itunes taylortalk.org slash itunes we'd really appreciate hearing from you guys even if you think there's somewhere that needs improvement let us know what you think we could do to do the show better just um be honest and not too vicious and we look forward to hearing from you guys so for episode 165 of taylor talk the taylor swift podcast this has been adam diane sammy steve and santa tinkle listen and Hermie. and kendrick <laughs> sorry are we not are we not outroing those characters too sure we can <laughs> Ah, it's all right. You guys remember who the ghosts were. Everybody, round of applause for the ghosts. Yay! Yay! All right. Hope you guys all have a phenomenal Swiftmas, and we will see you all next week for the last episode of 2014. Bye-bye, guys. Bye, Bye, guys. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Thursday for the atheists. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Bye, guys.
This podcast is not directly affiliated with Taylor Swift.